you sure? Oh, I'm my body's ready. Your body is. How's your mind? Um, my mind and body are one. Oh, all right. Then I guess you're ready. Uh, welcome <laughs> to. <laughs> there. My body was not ready. Welcome to episode 159 of the Bite Me podcast. I am Cliff Johnson. 159, and I am Boy Wonder. Like, are you my sidekick? Um, in this instance, yes. Oh, cool. Or are you my ward? Formerly known as the villain. <laughs> Formerly known as the Funny Megaphone. I do like Funny Megaphone. That's a good That's one. Good. That's good. Uh, no Adam today. He's still taking care of his wonderful dog, Dart, who is doing quite a bit better, it sounds like. Starting to eat. Starting to uh, do all the things you do when you eat. Um, you know, that kind of thing. So... Good, good job, Dart, for eating. That's that's important. Uh, today, we are going to talk about news, because news is a thing we talk about. Uh, there is... The Game Awards are actually tonight. So if you were... If you didn't make plans for tonight, or if you did need plans, if you made plans, you need to cancel them. If you didn't make plans, you have plans now, because you're just going to watch the Game Awards. Uh, Nintendo teases their 2020 indie lineup with some really cool games. Mike, <laughs> Minecraft. Minecraft. Uh, finally supports crossplay on the PS4, which is pretty cool. That is just I, that headline is the news. I think I don't know if there's a lot of a lot of depth to that, but that's okay. Uh, this game will actually let you play a game in God mode. Like I think it's just included. Um, the Oculus Quest is getting hand tracking this week, which is really cool. It lets you play the Oculus without. Yeah, exactly. It lets you play so the Oculus. I can play Ultra Mime Simulator. <laughs> God, that'd be amazing. Which is a tease for what I think a question later. Oh, yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then uh, God Galaxy is out of closed beta, is an open beta. We'll talk a little bit about that. And you absolutely need to try AI Dungeon 2. It's uh, it's maybe the coolest thing I've ever done. So we'll do that. We got questions from Joe Coleslaw. Is, this, is, is it Oslan the Incompetent? I don't I know what that so. means. I think I liked him better when he was Aslan. Aslan. Yeah. Aslan. The Duke of Nuggets. Um, is that like... Duke of Earl? Yes, but Nuggets. But Nuggets, okay, cool. And of course, from Vinny, we've got a Troll Corner, and uh, Dylan and I played some video games, which is cool. And they're actually new video games. We It's been a couple of weeks since we've done anything new and different, so that's kind of fun. Do you want to uh, start out with what you are playing, Senior Dylan? Yeah, um, I've, I've been jumping around a little bit now that I have a 65-inch television. Um, it has incentivized me to play more Xbox. Um, Makes sense. Because I didn't realize that I had a 38-inch television, which is fine when you're sitting close, but in the new configuration of the living room, that is unacceptable. Absolutely. So when I took out my tape measure and measured my TV for 38 inches, I said, this is unacceptable. So I went to Best Buy and bought a TV because <laughs> once that number like got in my head, I was like, no wonder like this isn't, isn't working. I really thought it was in the 40s. Like, <laughs> I thought it was like a 42, which I mean, not much bigger, but... Yeah, I think that difference actually does make a huge difference. But for me, 65 is the prime television. You can always go bigger, of course. I think 65 is like the sweet spot for TVs, though. Like it, if it I, really is. Especially it's not for too price, yeah. performance, everything. Yep. Price to value. Um, like, you go up to 75 and it's it's a ton more money for... I mean, bigger, yeah, obviously, but right. not significantly bigger. Right. At some point, it's It's kind of encompassing your field of view. Um mm-hmm. So that's pretty great. Um, I went down there and the guy's like, you can't get that in a Honda Fit. And I was like, 
BS. Yes, I can. I can do it. <laughs> so the I amount of it. stuff you can fit in the hatchback, man, is I did it. It incredible. Bi- like it can't be any bigger. Like it literally couldn't have been any bigger to get in there. But um, I got it in, and since I put that up, um, that's been great. But it's uh, allowed me to kind of jump around on Game Pass a little bit and find something interesting to play. Uh, I was kind of feeling some like survival horror, so I booted up Alien Isolation, which was that pretty well-received Alien game from a couple years yeah. ago. Yeah, um, it's supposed to be very spoopy. It's not, uh, to my um, opinion, so far. Um, I like it so far, but I I find some things about it strange. Um, and I think one thing that a scary game should probably do is really in a clever way teach you the mechanics before it's too late. Sure. Um, because if you if you die to the monster because you didn't quite understand how the game works, like when am yeah. I supposed to be stealthy? When am I supposed to run? When am I supposed to do these things? And the monster just shows itself and kills you. That's kind of ruined the scare, right? Because now I'm sure. dead and I'm starting and I'm replaying that bit. And once you replay a scary bit, now you're just ruining the scare. Yeah, that's um, actually the same experience I had in uh, Blair Witch. There was a part where I'm just like, I don't know what to do. And it kept yelling at me to, you know, what to do, what to do. And I just kept dying and I had to do it over and over and over again. And so it became far more frustrating than it was scary. Right. And it really kind of burns the atmosphere of the game, yep. which is pretty cool. You're on this like space station and there's people. Like, it's literally like the space airport, right? And there's other people that have been caught there, and there's an alien. And, of course, they don't lo- take long to be like, here's the alien in full light. Like, yeah. so, which was kind of weird, too. Um, as someone who's not super familiar with the Alien franchise, I don't I don't really know how they implemented that in the movies um or whatever but i just i found the pacing a little strange off the bat i thought they were gonna like withhold that from me a little bit longer and lead me through the paces but then i also found it frustrating when they're like oh you were spotted by these bad guys and then there's like four bad guys that i have to fight with my wrench because i don't have a gun yet even though i'm I have revolver ammo and I just whacked a guy down with a wrench who has a revolver, but I can't pick it up. So I stubbornly whack these four guys um, after trying it three times because I died because I thought I might be able to do it some other way and maybe pick up a gun, but trying to like, Hey, can I pick up this gun? Then I would get shot and die because it is a survival game. So you're not like tanky by any stretch of the imagination. But then I whacked all four of these guys with the wrench, picked up all the revolver ammo, walked down a corridor into this office, and then grabbed a revolver. And I'm like, well, why couldn't I have that before? Yeah, that's Um, So there was, like, those kind of things are kind of turning me off from playing it, even though maybe it is a lot of fun. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Just go play Dead Space again. That's and that's ultimately that is actually what I want to do. I was like, hey, is Dead Space on Game Pass? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I want to play right now because I think that game really is just the better version of Alien Isolation. Interesting. Maybe, um, or maybe I want to play a different survival horror game yeah. that's, um, I don't know. It's just kind of strange. But then I uh, finally played Mutant Road Zero because. 
Um, I've been wanting to try that game for since it came out, really, because it just looked cool because there's yeah, a duck and a pig, cool and that's literally everything that is life. Um, and that game is super, super fun, even though the difficulty ramps immediately. Immediately. Um, like, immediately. Um, I, of course, chose the hard difficulty, as I explained to Cliff earlier, because if I... I don't want to walk through a tactical strategy turn-based game because that doesn't really make sense to me. Like, I want it to be just challenging enough, but I don't really want to replay parts. A lot, I think we were kind of in agreement with this. Like, I don't want to be able to stand out in the open and take shots from the enemy and not lose. Like, because that kind of ruins the point of, like, hiding in cover and being sneaky and doing all this clever stuff and trying to plan. And the moment, like, it's too easy, that doesn't work and kind of... Um, is detrimental to the game so I was like oh, I'll play hard <laughs> which means you don't necessarily heal after the combats Yep. which that might be enough to make it doable because I find it unnecessary that I have to keep buying med kits to like yep. replenish my health which is a little but I get it it's a survival game but yeah. I'm also not playing on the hard mode where it's like if you die you're dead forever and you gotta <laughs> not die um, I'm not ready for that yet um, nope but it, it's a pretty nifty game. Um, the lore in the world seems to be pretty neat when you run around with these mutants. And I like that you find funny hats that you can put a visor on a duck and a top hat on a pig and find scopes for your weapons. And I wish I thought, there was a... I um, thought that the jokes about, like, what all these things must have been. Because you're... I mean, this is set in future yeah. Earth, essentially. And they make a lot of, like... You know, you'll walk up well, to a TV and they'll, like, try and guess what that thing might have been. And they're right. always very wrong. I thought that would get old. And it, in fact, did it, not it doesn't, get old at all. It's no. pretty funny. And yeah, because they, they come across a boombox, which they know is a bomb. Because it's <laughs> called a boombox. And they're like, yeah, we probably shouldn't touch that kind of thing. Which is... I mean, it's it's hilarious. And they're talking about the ancients as... I mean, who we are, really, right. um, and how great we were at making big trash and stuff. So um, it's it, it's a cool enough world to be in. I I think it's you do a little. I do like that you're moving around the world in between the combats, and you can like free yeah. roam and sneak, and like that's cool. Except I don't know if there's enough scavenging happening to have that semi open world. Because it does feel very linear, so I don't know how well that's going to sure. go. And maybe when you have all these different paths, maybe it does make more sense where you can kind of free roam through. So I'm still early in the game, so I'll see how that kind of pans out. But overall, it's a solid, solid game, solid experience. It looks good. It's fun. So yeah, I really liked that. it. I think my only real complaint about it is it's just hard. Um, I, I'm very like Dylan and I were talking about this earlier, and he's like, you know, I don't want it to be so hard that it's just a cakewalk, and I'm like. I want it to be exactly as hard as it needs to be to make me think I'm playing very well, even if I'm not. Right. So, like, if I do something stupid, I, I want it to push me right to the point where I go, like, oh, man, I, I'm never going to make I it through this. have one health left. Yeah. And, man, that bullet just whizzed by me. Uh-huh. And, and then I want to win. And then go, whew, man, that was great. Not have that bullet hit me and go, like, oh, man, now I need to do that entire encounter yeah. over again. So... You know. There was a few times that I was getting creamed, and I was like, "Ah, oh, man, yeah, 
it's, it's not easy. It's definitely Especially not easy. You don't really know if if this fight is out of your league. Yep. It, it, it doesn't really help you determine that. And because you can kind of free explore through these areas, you can go and find yep. encounters that are pretty much out of your capability. Unless Absolutely. I guess you're an absolutely amazing master chess chess player. I don't know. Like maybe it's, I'm sure it's possible to, to do some snazzy stuff, but, um, it is fairly challenging pretty yeah. quick. It's a fun game though. I definitely, definitely enjoyed it. So cool. Cool. You play anything else? Nope. Those were the big ones for sure. Yeah. I'm still trying I- to catch my 400 Pokemon, but I'm in the 300. <laughs> so, it uh, how many? So there's 400 total, and you have how many? Uh, like 310 or so. Nice. That's not bad. That's not bad yeah. at all. I'm kind of at the point though where I need to like do tradesies with peoples to get oh, the, sure. the Pokemon's from the other games, and kind of the weirder ones that aren't necessarily in the wild. Um, so you have to do more clever things to get them. So you traded some sort of horse with uh, Adam, right? I did the Galarian regional variant Ponita, <laughs> and I gave him a Jangmo. I don't I believe, even know what that means, but it sounds great. Like a dragon dinosaur thing. It's pretty cute. A dragon dinosaur thing. Love it. Uh, yeah, so I played a couple of new games, um, both Game Pass games as well. Um, my friend Pedro, which you probably remember it coming out, mm, I'm going to say like three or four months ago. And this is one of those games that I have almost bought. Oh man, I don't even know five or six times since it came out because it just looks cool. The idea is that you do this kind of like almost like slow motion bullet ballet. You do a lot of like flipping through the air and then you do a twist and then you push out your guns to two different directions and shoot two different guys. Then you land behind cover and then you roll under something and you pop up and shoot a guy while you do a backflip and shoot another guy. And if you're, if you're good at the game, it looks really, really cool. If you're like me and you've only played through the first level of the game, it looks like you have the potential of being really cool, but are in fact not very cool. So it's one of those games that I think the trailer probably makes it look cooler than it is and easier than it is when it's actually kind of challenging and you have to hit a lot of buttons at once in the exact right way to pull cool things off. But even... With that being said, it's still a lot of fun. And it's kind of goofy. Like, you wake up and there's a banana talking to you. Um, like, I think the banana is actually Pedro. <laughs> and he tells you all sorts of crazy things. Like, you might be, you know, I, I can't decide if the banana is real or if it's like a hallucination and you're crazy. Or if there just happens to be a talking banana here. It's it's very hard to say. But it's it's definitely fun. It's a game that I'm, like I said, I've been wanting to play for for quite a while and so I was really happy to see that came to Game Pass it just barely got released it's on the Xbox and the PC so you can get your My Friend Pedro love either place Um, the other game is Rage 2 which is again a game that I nearly paid $60 for when it came out Um, if that game had gotten slightly better reviews I would have already owned it but it got kind of I don't want to say bad but I think kind of mediocre middling yeah it was like a 70 you know that kind of thing and I just wasn't going to like run out and pay sixty dollars for that, and so I was super again happy when that came to Game Pass uh, earlier this month. And it's a so it's made by Avalanche, the folks who made uh, Mad Max, the Mad Max game. Um, 
they're really well known for having really good vehicle combat, which has been cool in this game. Um, it's very open worldy. It's very much a you, you're humans probably in the future. And there's been this kind of alien race that you've fought in the past, like distant past 10 or 15 years ago. And you, you kind of thought you defeated them. And then they secretly have been like plotting underground to, to come back and do battle again. And they managed to raise up this huge, massive army of kind of these alien mutants. Um, but like some of them are huge too. Like you, you fight a guy in the first who's like, I don't know, a uh, hundred feet tall, 80 feet tall. Um, you know, just stomping all over and they just destroy you. They, they kill your part of a, like an army group, but like the special ops people in that army unit are, are like the Rangers and they have like special suits that give them powers and so on and so forth. And they literally kill every single Ranger in your entire outfit. So you put on one of the, the Ranger suits, the giant guy actually like pops the head off of (laughs) this other Ranger and you like, just take him out of his suit and and put it on. Um, the game's actually kind of funny in kind of a gallows humory kind of way. Um, and then you get in a like kind of a warthog esque vehicle and take off on this very open world quest to you know try and to try and stop these bad guys. And it's literally they just give you three points to drive to. You've got to get these three people to be on your team, and they're all the way across the map. And as you go, you find these things called arcs that you like stick your arm into and they give you different powers. So like I have one now that lets me put out like a shock blast kind of thing. And it just like juices enemies. And there's one that lets me jump higher and, and those kind of things. So it's, it's that kind of game where you get augmentations to your super suit. And the more of them you get, the more powerful you're going to be. So that's cool. Um, the game feels I don't want to say directionless because it's not that it's that you drive around for a minute. You drive between where you are and where you need to go. And all of a sudden, like another 30 points up and open up in the map. And so it's one of those games that you, you look at how long it's supposed to take to beat. And it's literally somewhere between like 12 and 50 hours, depending on how many of the side quests you want to do. And those games are bad for me because I, I'm not like a completionist, but I have a really hard time, seeing like a place on the map I could go, but don't need to go and not going there. And so I want to spend like 15 hours with this game, but I think I'll probably spend like 30 hours with this game, which is bad because I don't know if this is a 30 hour game. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. I'm having fun with it so far. It's, it's very like just grossly violent. Um, you just do all sorts of damage to people. It's kind of interesting though. It does have a, it does have kind of an interesting like damage model where you shoot people and like I have a shotgun and they it has like a knockback effect. You'll shoot a person and they will fly back 15 feet and hit a wall. And in any other game, that person would be dead. But in this game, they are not dead. They will stand back up and you can shoot them again. If, like, if you don't headshot people, they'll get up two or three times after being just slammed with that shotgun or that, that knockback effect. So it's kind of interesting. There's a lot of armor that you can shoot off of them. So, you know, you can actually, if you concentrate on their chest, you'll knock their chest armor off and then you can shoot them again. But if you're not aiming right, you'll just 
shoot a bunch of different pieces of armor off the bad guys. It's it's interesting. It's it's not a bad game. I think it may be it probably would have done better, I think, if it had been slightly less open world and a little more directed than just like, hey, there's a big old map. You go have fun. So, I don't know. We'll see how much, like I said, I've probably put oh, four or five hours into it. We'll see at what point I get bored. But so far, I'm having a good time with it. Yeah. Again, it's on Game Pass. So cool. The first one was pretty linear. Yeah, and that's what so. I heard. Um, the, the first one was pretty good. And just kind of buggy at this point and old. Like, it came out, like, 10 or 11 years ago, I want to say. Eight, nine, eight, nine years ago. It's, it's yeah. a while ago. So, I don't know. It's, it's, it's fun. I'm enjoying it. It's, it's not like, oh, my God, everyone needs to go play Rage 2 right now. But I'm, I'm having a good time playing it. But, hey, it's it. on Game Pass, so. Yeah, exactly. I, it strikes me as one of those games, too, that I think I would actually probably have more fun playing co-op. Because it is kind of goofy and it's like not, Borderlands, but more realistic. So what? I, and that is Kinda. actually something I will say. I do like it more than I like Borderlands Three. So yeah. uh, I didn't think Borderlands Three did multiplayer very well. Honestly, um, we played it for a while, and I just kind of fell off. Like it's 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 terrible to pay sixty dollars for a game and go like oh, I'm so excited to play Borderlands Three again and play it a bunch of times and play it with a bunch of people and go like yeah that's adequate. Um, this feels better than Borderlands to me. So, I guess take that as you will. A game, it's better than a game that I just kind of gave up on. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, should we talk about our wonderful patrons next? We sure should. Absolutely should. So, if you do not contribute to our Patreon, that is absolutely fine. There's every once in a while someone will come on and like, oh, I feel so bad that I like don't give you money every month, and I'm like, absolutely never feel bad about that. That is is silly and something you should not feel bad about. But if you choose to support us, we, we definitely appreciate it. And uh, you for $10 a month, you can go to, well, so between $1 and $10 a month, I guess, you can go to patreon.com slash bitemepodcast and, uh, and contribute to our Patreon. And we use that money for um, nefarious things, Mostly um, drugs, funding revolutions in South American countries, that kind of thing. There's not really enough of it to do much damage. So it's it's really okay. Don't feel bad about it. So, uh, But anyways, I would like to thank these fine people. Uh, Alan Schulte, Austin Palmer. This is actually in a different order than I normally read them in. It's kind of interesting. I went to a different page. So it's 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 alphabetical, I believe, this time. Uh, Brian Henniger, thank you. New new. Patron, as of last week, I need to send him stickers and magnets, which I don't know. Brian, talk to Megan. She'll tell you the time frame that those things come in. Uh, Joe Cole Jr., John Tippins, Kevin Schold, of course, Megan, who finally got her stickers after mm, a year, year and a half, something like that. A good friend operator, Jack, and Tom McDermott. Again, thank you, fine people, for supporting this podcast. It makes us, it makes us very happy, right? Yeah. Dylan's happy. He looks happy. I'm very happy. He's very happy. So, appreciate it. Thank you. Next up, Dylan, what are we doing? News. You should do that professionally. Like, is I that... Should. Adam like, doesn't ever have me do voice stuff, and I don't know why. Because he's a butt. Your talent is wasted. He's on... a poopy McButt face. Is he? Yeah, pretty much. I like Adam a lot, though. Yeah, but he's still Poopy McButtface. face. It doesn't true. change he hung, out, he hung out with us a little bit today. It was nice. You can be a likable Poopy McButtface. That's, That's true. 
absolutely true. Anyway, uh, first up, Game Awards are tonight, or not tonight. Well, for for us, they are in fact not tonight. Pre tonight, but for everyone else, they are tonight. So, and I guess unless you're a patron, in which case they are also tomorrow. It really just depends on when you watch Thursday night. Thursday night, December twelfth, you can watch the Game Awards. And uh, I will be honest, if you are only going to watch one thing this year that has to do with video games. The Game Awards is a pretty a pretty good choice. It's it's a little bit cheesy. It's a little bit I don't know, self-congratulatory maybe. Um mm-hmm. and it's really weird to watch a game show that or I'm sorry, an award show that all the commercials are just commercials for video games. Right. Um, it's also kind of weird to watch a uh, an award show that does like and you know the first you know special announcement of the night and then they'll cut to like a commercial to right. a video game they're announcing I'm like I, I don't know it, it feels like it might not be um I don't want to say not on the up and up because that is absolutely something they've been accused of this year. And I, I do believe that their actual award show is completely legit. The people who win win legitimately. Um, and I think the people that are nominated get nominated pretty legitimately. But like the entire thing feels a little bit like inside baseball-y, you know? So whatever. It's a, it's a ton of fun but to watch. I though. think that's pretty much awards in general. Yeah. Well, I guess the thing is, is like you just, you don't watch the Oscars and like, you know, best actress, you, you get the best ast- actress in nomination. And then they're like, and now here's a movie that the best actress is going to be in next month. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's all right. Right. Exactly. Anyway, Thursday, December 12th. Um, it's on kind of weird time. So it starts at 5.30 um, Pacific time. So we can actually like get off work and drive home and do it. But it's like two hours long or three hours long. And it starts at 8.30 in New York. So it's kind of a, a late yeah. night for folk, I guess. But, you know, it's it's worth staying up for. Um, do you want to talk a, a little bit about the folks that are nominated? There's uh, some yeah, bri- briefly, maybe the briefly. the big ones. I think the biggest problem I'm going to have is that I have not actually have not played most of these games. So, right. like, game of the, game like of I the, said, like this is kind of weird because most of these things are games that I didn't really know much about. Or yeah, yeah. Um, so, game of the year this year is Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil Two, Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, and the Out of War- Outer Worlds. Now, I've played two of those <laughs> six. And I would not not nominate either of them for Game of the Year. Yeah. So um, it's it is interesting when like Smash Bros get the Game of the Year nomination, which I think there is enough people that would nominate it because it is a definitive version of a fantastic game for those people that enjoy that game. Yeah. After like twenty years, like I get that. but then I'm thinking, like, what games would I nominate for Game of the Year this year? I don't really even know. Yeah, I don't either. I'm not sure. Like, I, I'm sticking to my hypothesis that this is a... It's it's almost like a B-plus year in games. See, I didn't, I, there's just not a lot of... Like, maybe it's A-plus overall, but as for games individually, there aren't A-plus games. And see, there's and what very I would, few. What I would argue is there's not a lot of... Super A plus 
well, big temple. Yeah, there are not huge. There are not any amazing, innovative AAA games. Right. Um, I think everybody wanted Death Stranding to be that game. And I think it came out and people were like, well, this is a weird UPS simulator. It's not bad, but it's not like yeah. it, it didn't get that. I think everyone thought that Death Stranding was going to be like, you know, 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10. It was going to be what um, Red Dead was last year where it got, you know, a thousand masterpiece reviews. Yeah. yeah. And it got kind of like, well, this game's strange and it's interesting, but it's strange. It's interesting, right? Um, but I mean, that's enough this year. Yeah. Yeah. You it, know. And I think that there was a lot of, there's been a lot of really good indie releases or a lot of good like double A games, but there hasn't been a big triple A, um, which I think is actually why we're going to see Control a lot in this is because Control is a really interesting game that's made by a smaller studio that probably is kind of straddles that double A, triple A thing, but it did a lot of really interesting things with story. It did a lot of interesting things with physics, um, but didn't sell a ton because it's, it's made by remedy. Like, you know, they're just not, they don't have that huge um, way to market that. And so I think that's why you see it a lot in a lot of these game of the year discussions. I mean, uh, control one IGN's game of the year. So, but yeah. I just don't think a lot of people played it, even though it was interesting. So Resident yeah, Evil 2 I mean, is kind of an interesting choice. Like, it's a remake of another game. Yeah. Um, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. I think the people that played it really like it. But being a Souls-like, I think it's got kind of a limited audience. So, right. Which, I, I mean, know. sometimes that's how awards are. Like, sometimes the greatest game isn't, isn't yeah. necessarily the most popular. Maybe it's, yeah. it is kind of a niche thing that's just done so well that it gets the, I mean, it gets the respect that it might rightfully deserve. But... Yeah. I, I hope Control wins this because I think it's probably the most – even though I have not played it, I think it's probably the one that deserves it the most. So um, action game of the year. We've got Apex Legends, Astral Chain, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Devil May Cry 5, Gears 5, and Metro Exodus. Again, I've played, I guess, two of these games. Um, Gears 5 was good. Um, Apex Legend I think is really, really, really smart, but it's never going to be my – my exact cup of tea so i don't know i'm not sure i have a, a pick in that in that yeah. i don't have that a lot jump. of horses in these races yeah right action adventure game borderlands 3 control death stranding resident evil 2 the legend of zelda Link's awakening and sekiro shadows die twice again like i kind of i guess i hope it's control i didn't really like borderlands 3 that much and i didn't play any of the rest of them so um, art direction. I mean, literally the same games are on here over and over and over again. Control, Death Stranding, uh, Grease, Grease, um, which probably should win. That game is gorgeous. Like, it's not a great game, but it is a stunningly beautiful game. Um, Sayonara Wild Hearts is actually the same. That game is, inc- the art direction of the game is absolutely brilliant. The way the levels are put together is absolutely brilliant. I just didn't like the game a whole lot. Um, Sekiro and then Legend of Zelda Link Awakening. Let's say Zelda Link's Awakening could win. Art direction. That game's got a cool look about it. It is interesting, yeah. Um, gonna skip audio design. Uh, gonna skip community support. Um, content creator of the year. So uh, you've got the choice of Courage, Dr. Lupo, Ewok, Grevg, Greg, Grevg, Grevg. How do you say that name? It's Greg with an F in it. G-R-E-F-G. Grevg. Grevg. I hope he loses. And Shroud. Shroud's one of the guys that just jumped from Twitter to Mixer. It really doesn't matter which one of these guys win because the Game Awards have a really good history of voting uh, 
choosing someone for content creator of the year and then that person immediately milkshake ducking. So it really doesn't matter who wins. Just know that that person will be an absolute terrible person three weeks from now. Um, I kind of hope Ewok wins because he's got an absolutely fantastic hat on. That's that's really <laughs> Vote the, for the hat. thing, right? I don't care about esports coach. I really don't care about esports event or esports game of the year. Uh, like Counter Strike is one of those games. That game is <laughs> what ten years old. It's like, older than me, I think. Right? <laughs> esports host don't care. Esports player don't care. Esports team don't care. <laughs> A best family game. I think this is one we can all come together on. They're all Nintendo games. Every single one. Uh, mm-hmm. Luigi's Mansion Three, Ring Fit Adventure, Super Mario Maker Two, Smash, and Yoshi's Crafted World. I would pick Super Mario Maker. See the problem. Super Mario Maker Two is a great family-friendly game, but it is not a great family game. Right. You can't play that together. You can't... Well, Luigi's Mansion has multiplayer. Yeah. I don't know. Any of those jump out at you? I don't know. They're, they, I feel like they're all kind of the same in that... <laughs> I, I guess a whole family could sit around and play them together, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're, they're fun. Yeah. Smash, so, maybe? Like, that's a good family game. Up to, yeah. you know, three four people can play it together. That's all right. Yeah. Uh, fighting game of the year. Don't care. Fresh indie game. This is where I I'm gonna get super excited. I have played. Oh, I've played a couple of these. All right. So I've not heard of Z. Oh, okay. So uh, Disco Disco Elysium, which I have not played, but I desperately, desperately, desperately want to. Uh, Greece is again very good. Um, my friend Pedro, like I said, I just started that. And it's okay. We'll see. Um, Outer Wilds is my game of the year so far. It's very good. Um, Slay the Spire is also very good and Untitled Goose Game I've heard is very good so like apparently the fresh indie game you know presented by Subway in case you're wondering <laughs> is uh, there's some good stuff in there that would be that would be a very hard uh, category for me to choose out of there's some good stuff there any of those jump out at you have you played any of those you played Slay the Spire you like that I do like Slay the Spire yeah Grease is, is, is a beautiful game it's just not very deep um, my friend Pedro had some very interesting things to say and Outer Wilds, like I said, that game's spectacular. So, uh, game direction, it's, I think exactly the same. Oh, Outer Wilds is in there. So that's the same as game of the year. So control Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, Secure and Outer Worlds. So I don't know exactly what, so game direction is awarded for outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. So Outer Worlds could easily win that. That game's very interesting. Uh, Let's see. Uh, indie games. Baba is you. Have you you've, have you played that or did did, did Adam play that? I want to play that game so bad. I'm waiting. It's got to come to Game Pass. Uh, Disco Elysium again. Katana Zero, which I did not play. Outer Wilds and Untitled Goose Game again. That's going to be an, an interesting one. There's some very, it, it, except for Katana Zero, which I've never heard of. Any of those games could win. I think I'd be happy. So. Uh, Oh man, best mobile game. So these, this is some good stuff. And I think we've all played a couple of these. Uh, Call of Duty Mobile, which I did not play. Did you try that at all? No. Grindstone, which is amazing. Uh, Sinar Wild Hearts, which is really interesting. I won't say it's amazing, but it's really interesting. It's a, like, I'm kind of a rhythm game, sort of. Um, Sky Child of Light from that game company. That's the people that made Journey. That's a really interesting game. And What the Golf, which is, Probably the only mobile game I've ever sat down and beat in like two days. It was cool. So I, that would be tough for me between Grindstone and with the golf. Those are both good games. Uh, multiplayer, 
whatever Tetris 99 for multiplayer that definitely wins <laughs> um, best narrative it's definitely not the outer world I'll tell you that nah, actually that's not true the outer world is probably the best part about it was the story to be honest um, Disco Elysium Death Stranding Control and a Plague Tale Innocence so some good stuff there um, yeah so best ro- role playing game Disco Elysium Final Fantasy 14 it's very interesting that you can Final Fantasy XIV, a game that is, again, eight or nine years old, can be there. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3, Monster Hunter World, Iceborne, or The Outer Worlds. That's, mm, I don't know about that. I'm I'm not super hip on any of those, or at least I haven't played Disco Elysium, so. I don't know. There's there's some good stuff, though. I, like, I, I, well, this goes on. There's there's a couple couple more things. VR game, there's strategy game, of, sports game. A lot of categories. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the thing is, is like it seems like I just announced a bunch of stuff. Not all of these will actually get announced at the Game Awards, which I find... Like, the Oscars, there are literally dozens and dozens and dozens, and they still take time to actually announce the big ones. There's like, I mean, yeah, yeah I went through a bunch of categories, but there's not more than like 15 or 20 and they will not even announce all these winners <laughs> during right. their two-hour broadcast because there's a bunch I of... I say you need less awards. Yeah, yeah. When... That's my opinion on those. But... I mean, I I don't know which of these I'd cut except the esports ones, and there are people that really care about esports. Yeah. So, I think there's... I mean? I mean, in a lot of cases, maybe... I don't maybe know... You just do be- you don't need to do best game of every genre like you can do game of the year you see and i would argue though that like some best like, indie like that's see and i would get rid of content creator of the year i would get rid of community support yeah. i would get rid of some like esports yeah. coach i would get rid of esports event but, uh, i mean you have before you i started have game getting of the of year you have games. best action you have best rpg you have best like is it shooter or something too? So you have these games that a lot of games overlap in three of the four categories. And normally I would say that, but it's not true this year. Like none of the best RPGs of the year are up for any of the rest of those. Yeah. In that case, but the, like the action shooter and game of the year, they're all six, the same game. They are, but I think that's just happenstance really. So, I mean, that may be true this year, but it may not be true next year. So I don't know. I, like I said, you should just watch it because it's cool. Um, it's it's just a lot of fun. Um, the other thing that is really cool this year is the Game Awards are partnering with a uh, a, a group of folks called that are calling it the Game Festival. Um, and during the Game Festival, they're going to dump a bunch of brand new games that are getting announced at the Game Awards as demos that you can play for like forty eight hours. So. Um, from the time the Game Awards go live at, uh, so starting Thursday, December 10th at 10 a.m., um, through Saturday, December 14th at 10 a.m., you can get demos for the new System Shock, a game called Eastward. Uh, that game actually looks cool. It's by Chucklefish. Spiritfarer, which we saw uh, at uh, E3 that looks really cool. Moving Out, which I actually played at PAX, which is fun. Roki, Chicory, Wooden Nickel, Haven, Heavenly Bodies, Acid Knife, The Drifter, Carrion, which is actually really good. That game's you play as this gross tentacle monster. You're actually the bad guy in that game. It's interesting. And Skatebird, which is a game I kickstarted. Um, there'll be demos of those on Steam available for exactly 48 hours. So you can download all of them, give them a try, and then they just stop working 48 hours from now. So that's kind of a, a cool 
thing that you'll be able to uh, to check out. So if you're on the PC and that's your thing, there's like 10, 12 games that you can play demos of, which aren't demos aren't as common as they used to be. So give those a give those a go. All right. Next up, Dylan, 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 Dylan. Did you watch the Nintendo Direct with the Indie World Showcase? I did not watch this one. I didn't either. I'm not not a huge fan of <laughs> Nintendo Directs, to be honest, but that's okay. Um, they announced 16 games that are coming out next year, 2020. So, like, this is literally the big games coming out to the Nintendo Indie Project, I guess you could say, in 2020. So... Uh, do you remember Golf Story 2, or Golf Story? It was uh, that weird kind of, like, role-playing game, golf game. No? <laughs> yes. Yeah, super weird. Uh, a sequel to that is called coming out called Sports Story. It's coming out in mid-2020. looks kind of fun. Um, Axiom Verge, I did not play. It's a Metroidvania, but I hear it was really good. Um, it's getting a sequel in uh, fall of 2020. Streets of Rage 4... Remind me, are you you're a Streets of Rage guy? I do like Streets of Rage. Raging in Streets. Days. Yeah, so that's coming out first half of 2020. It looks pretty good. Um, Gleamlight, uh, the description is great. It's a game in which players become a sword and fight enemies with the help of a group of intrepid kids. I don't know how that works, but whatever. Looks cool coming out early 2020. Bacon Switch uh, is a party brawler, so probably kind of like... Uh, Smash sounds like coming out in summer 2020. Super Mash. This is actually cool. I actually uh, saw this announced yesterday on Twitter. Um, it answers the question. Uh, so, what if game genres were smashed together to create new games? Super Smash answers that question by allowing players to pick two genres. Um, so, like RPGs and side scrollers, and mashing them together in a single game, and it makes a gameplay based on that, which sounds kind of interesting. Hmm. Uh, coming out in May 2020, The Talus Principle, which is already out on... That's actually a Game Pass game, so you can play that already on Xbox. It's coming out um, actually on December 10th. So <laughs> this is not a 2020 game. It's available right now on your Switch, or you can play it for free on Game Pass. Right meow. Right meow. Sail Forth is kind of interesting. So um, you are piloting a ship on the high seas. And fighting ships, monsters, and braving said seas uh, in a procedurally generated map. So, sounds kind of interesting. Coming 2020, uh, Dauntless, which is kind of that um, Monster Hunter knockoff. You played a little bit of Dauntless, right? I did. Yeah, I did too. I did not like it. But that's okay. It's coming to the Nintendo Switch. Probably perfect for the Switch, honestly. Um, and that game has cross-play, too, as I recall. So, you'll be able to play yeah. on your Switch with... Uh, people on Xbox and stuff. Murder by Numbers, a uh, visual novel. But it's part visual novel, part P-Cross puzzle game. Um, could be weird. Probably going to be weird. Coming out early 2020. Um, Oddworld Stranger's Wrath. I love the Oddworld games. This is the HD remake of that one coming out in January 2020, so not too far. And then again, Skate Burb, uh, which is... Like, you should go watch videos of it because... I don't know if you like birds. They're just so cute. They're little birds on skateboards just so adorable. around. I love when they like land because they kind of ruffle their feathers a little bit. looks really cool. This game's actually being made locally. It's by some devs that live in uh, Bremerton, I think. So, which is outside of Seattle. And it's also the home city of one of the radio stations Dylan and I work for. 
Liberated. It's a cyberpunk visual novel. Looks cool. Coming out in 2020. Boyfriend Dungeon, which is a weird visual novel game where you date swords. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that one. <laughs> it looks really weird. I saw it packs. It looks all right. I was trying to remember where I heard that before. <laughs> right? <laughs> looks real strange. Uh, let's see. Dreamscraper. No, Scaper. Sorry. Dreamscaper is uh, a game inspired by brawlers, top-down shooters, and dungeon crawlers with random dungeons that uh, you explore every time your character goes to sleep. So that sounds kind of interesting. Uh, and then finally, The Survivalists is a new game set in the Escapist universe. So instead of escaping from something, you're on an island and having to survive, which have you ever played any of the Escapist games? I have not yet. They're I've really been fun. interested to try it. Yeah, they're, they're interesting. I don't know if they're exactly my cup of tea, but, but they're fun. All right. So next up, Minecraft finally supports crossplay on PS4. That's all the news. Uh, <laughs> Finally. Yeah, finally. Um, so Minecraft is actually, I'm going to say, the like first or second game to get cross-play with everything except PS4. Like, it's been out mm-hmm. for a long time. Um, and I guess PlayStation, th- two months ago, Times an Illusion, said, okay, fine, we'll allow cross-play. Just ugh, go away. And so Minecraft put it in. So now you can play on your PS4 with all your friends on Xboxes and Nintendos. And this is the Bedrock Edition. So that would also let you play with, like, people on tablets and cell phones and all that stuff. So it's cool. Okie doke. So, Dylan, you've you've played a game. You've turned on God mode before, right? I honestly don't know if that's true. Really? It's probably honestly, it's probably less common in games now than when I was a kid. Um, yeah, but, I don't think so. So I'm going to tell you about a game. I'm going to read it. Like this is a little bit long, but I think it's worth. Um, I think it's worth hearing just because of the number of times they use the word realistic. Um, I'll give you a hint. It's way too many. So this is a new <laughs> game coming out called "I Am Jesus Christ." It is described as a realistic simulator of. Um, Jesus's life during the New Testament Gospels. So becoming become Jesus Christ, the man famous on earth in this highly realistic simulation game, pray like him for getting superpower, perform mir- famous miracles like him from Bible, like casting demons, healing and feeding people, resurrection and more in I am Jesus Christ. So I think, first of all, you should know that M is never capitalized in the title of this game. Um, in their press release, I am Jesus Christ is a realistic simulator inspired by stories from the new Testament of the Bible, getting into old times and follow the same path of Jesus Christ. 2000 years ago, game is covering the period from baptizing of Jesus Christ and to resurrection. Have you ever wondered, have you ever wondered to be like him? One of the most privileged and powerful people in the world. Check if you can perform all perform all famous miracles from the Bibles like Jesus Christ. It is a simulation game and you can try and save the world as he did. Are you ready to fight with Satan in the desert, exercising demons and curing sick people or calm the storm in the sea? That's it. Interesting. Are you in day one? No. Pre-order? I was wondering like, does anyone actually want this? And then I realized people play farm simulator and truck simulator. So Jesus simulator isn't that out of the it actually makes total possible, sense. So really, I have nothing to say. I uh, the only thing I had to say is like it's a shame that it appears to be made by hmm, people whose 
English is bad enough that they can't write a press release. Um, so it's probably not going to be very good. Like I, I'm something tells me the budget for this game was not not very high. Yeah, not accounting for their press release. Therefore, we'll see where else they. Yeah. Anyway, it's coming right. soon. You can get it on Steam. So, and I mean, like, frankly, I'm watching the trailer for it. It doesn't look terrible. Um, and I'll be frank, like, I am down to fight with the devil in the desert. I'd do it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I would ch- challenge him to a fiddle-off in Georgia. I mean, I think that's the only way to actually win, to be honest. Right? Yes. Okay. Uh, Oculus Quest is getting hand tracking mode this week. And and tell me again, Dylan, why why do we need this? It's so you can... Um, play Mime Simulator? Mime Simulator. Um, everyone in the, the forum that I was looking at actually really wanted to play that rock climbing game with, with just their hands. So uh, I can see that too. I guess uh, that's probably true. Probably better than Mime Simulator. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's getting it actually this week. They had announced earlier this year that it was not going to come out until next year, but it will be, uh, an experimental mode in the version 12 software update, which I think comes out today or tomorrow. So you should see it this week, but it really does allow you to control your VR environment without controllers at launch. That'll mean very little um, because it literally just lets you play with like the menus and stuff inside the Oculus software because no game developers actually have this yet. So the day it launches available to you, you'll be able to like, set where your floor is with your hand. You'll be able to see your hands and that kind of stuff, but you won't be able to play the games with it because Oculus developers are getting the software that lets them add it into their game the same day. So nothing like the cool thing about it coming out now is not that it came out now. It's that it came out early enough that it's going to mean instead of getting this next year, um, and developers being able to start, you know, putting it into their game next year, they're getting it tomorrow, and they'll be able to start putting it into their game next year, this year, and you'll start seeing the effects of that starting in January or February. So, uh, the Oculus Quest is, it is not the best VR headset you can buy from terms of quality, but in terms of what you can do with it, it is absolutely incredible. It's $400. I, my son has one, and it is just it's just cool. Like you can, you can use it wirelessly. You can plug it into your computer now and, and, you know, play all the games with it. Pretty soon you'll be able to do hand tracking. It's, it's really cool. So if you're, if you're thinking about VR this Christmas, I don't think that's not a, that's not a bad decision to get an Oculus. No. Quest. If so, I was to get one, I, that's what I'd get. Yeah. So. I've been really impressed with it. Um, do you, were you in the open beta for, or the closed beta for God galaxy? I was not. It's uh, it's kind of cool. If you're sick of like launchers, and uh, you know, having to, you know, open Steam and open the Epic Store and having to open GOG and having to open, you know, all of those different launchers that are clogging up our PCs, uh, GOG Galaxy is a kind of a way to get around that. You essentially install it and hook it into all of those different places and it will show you all of your games on just one giant never-ending screen. I guess it depends. Maybe if you only have like eight games, it just shows eight games. For me, it's like, it's kind of depressing and overwhelming at the same time um, because you can bring in your Xbox games too and your PlayStation games. So last time I checked, I had like 12 or 1300 games in God Galaxy, which just means it's just a never-ending screen of scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. But that being said, it's a great way to do 
a couple of things. And one of those is if you're going to buy a game or you're thinking about getting on sale, it's a really easy way to see if you own it anywhere. Like if all your games are in Steam, cool, then whatever. It right. doesn't do a lot for you. But if you have, you know, if you've been getting that free game on the Epic Game Store every month for the last, or every week, I guess, for the last. You have quite a few by now. Yeah. And you may not remember that you, you know, you grabbed a copy of X four months ago. And so it's a really good way to do that. But it's also just kind of a good way to visually see all the games you have. If you don't have so many games that that number is overwhelming. Um, and just see what you want to play next. And it does make an easy, an easy way to launch those games without having to open 35 launchers. So it was in closed beta. It's been in closed beta for probably, I'm going to say two or three months, probably. I've been in for most of that. And I don't, I don't use it all the time, but I do use it occasionally. It's very cool. But now it's an open beta, so you can literally just go out to probably GOG.com and download it. So check that out. I like it. All right. So Dylan. I'm going to read you I'm going to read you a story. Okay. And it's going to it's going to take a minute. But I think that this will demonstrate to you what AI Dungeon 2 is better than better than anything else I can do. All right. Okay. So the story starts. You are a turkey. You've been living in fear of farmers who murder millions of your kind each year. You vow to rise up and defend your turkey brethren. You see the calendar and notice that Thanksgiving is approaching. You vow that you will not let your people die this year. You convince them to join you in a turkey rebellion against your farmer overseers. You think to yourself, I'm going to be the one. The next day you leave your home for the first time since you were born. You walk down the road with a group of other turkeys and find yourself surrounded by farmhouses. Your input here. Steal some knives and weapons from the farmhouses. What are you doing? A voice asks. We're here to steal food, you say. No, we're here to take over the town, another voice says. This isn't about food. It's about freedom. Take all the weapons and arm your turkeys. Now then, I'm sure you've noticed our new comrades. They are, o- are, they are the only ones who can lead us into victory, the voice says. You look at your companions and see that they are all armed with spears, swords, axes, bows, and even a few firearms. Go liberate all the turkeys at nearby farms. The voices get louder as you approach the farms. You hear the sounds of battle outside, and soon you see them on the ground fighting off their attackers. They don't seem to be getting anywhere, though. Tell your turkey army to charge and liberate them. Your turkeys begin to charge towards the enemy lines. You tell them to stay back and let the others do their work. As the first one lands a blow on an attacker, another one comes charging out of nowhere. It's a large blackbird with a long neck and wings. Convince the other birds to join you against the farmers. As the two sides clash, you try to convince the others to follow you. They aren't interested, however, and continue to fight. Eventually, the last one runs away, leaving you alone. Kill the farmers and rescue the turkeys. You rush through the front door of the house and find yourself staring down at several dead bodies. You feel like you should be sick, but instead you just laugh. I'm not sick. I'm just amused, you say. Anyway, this entire story has been generated entirely by an AI. And if you go to uh, AI Dungeon 2, you might have to search for that. It's AIDungeon.io. It literally, you pick a type of story you want to do. You pick a uh, type of character you are. There's like, there's, I always did the fantasy one. So it's always knight and bard and paladin and, you know, wizard, whatever. And it just, it starts you off with a paragraph. And then you can either do things or say things. And it uses, um, Google has this AI engine that 
has been fed a bunch of like choose your own adventure novels. <laughs> um, not exactly. It, it was, uh, it was so choose your story.com has, uh, a bunch of interactive fiction <laughs> and it's been fed off that and it will just literally generate a story as you type things. So you can tell it to like do a command and the commands you can tell it are essentially limitless or you can say to say something and then it'll interact with the characters. It, it's not super stable. Like it crashes a lot, but I don't know if I've ever had more fun just screwing around with AI generated stories before I did it like five or six times over the weekend. Like I literally put it up on my TV and my family and I just like sat around the TV making stupid things, do other stupid things. And it's, it's hilarious. It is so fun. So I, I recommend everyone go, go try AI dungeon too. If I can get it to work, like maybe we'll make a bite me one. It could be very funny. So check it out. It's very good. All right. Are you ready for questions, Dylan? I'm so ready. Who's our first question from? Yo, Vinny. That's right. Well, you got so many questions. D- D- Vinny is a really inquisitive dude, isn't he? I'm so, so curious. Just questions every week. We love him for it. All right. Vinny's question is, what old games did you love? Did you love? And would you like to see get a similar reaction? That was a hard word. Reimagining. That's a tough word, Dylan. Super hard. What game did you love and you'd love to see get a similar reimagining as Resident Evil 2 or God of War? So a game you used to love that you'd like to see get rebooted. What do you think? Can I can I say the like GTA 3 in Vice City? Absolutely. And San Andreas. I think there's just so like I hate to just that be my answer because I think it's too easy, but Though, like, there's still so much good, like, story and joke and world and fun that, like, can't be experienced because they're just so out of date. Right? They look like, terrible. They look bad and the the combat mechanics still aren't even perfect in the new GTAs. They're still f- kind of figuring it out. Like, it works pretty good. But, man, back in those, like, you had to lock on targeting days, yep. it was... It's a nightmare. Yeah, man, that's a really good. That's actually but a I'd love really to play Vice City, like, and I assume maybe GTA Six or whatever might go back to Vice City, and then I guess that's fine. Just get those characters in the neon lights, and like, that's what I want. I wonder for- how hard it would be to redo because i think the thing is is I, I think you're right it's like you need to redo the combat and like some of the missions i remember the missions in gta 3 being ridiculously hard too like oh I spent, they were so hard compared to current ones yeah I, I spent a lot more time in the early gta games just driving around and causing mayhem that i did actually like trying to move the story forward um yeah. because it was just it was really difficult so right. that's a really good one i think that's a really good yeah. choice part of me really wants vice city to like i want the map to be exactly the same though just because i think i would have so much nostalgia for it oh yeah like i used to actually know how to navigate yeah because it was small enough that you could i think i think gta 5 and even san andreas probably was like it's just so big that you probably i'm sure if you played it enough you really do know your way around but like you really knew how to get 
get everywhere but i guess i'd probably want it to be a little bigger maybe it, it would feel small going back on it to what we can do to games today. i don't know man I, I i agree though that's those are really good choices uh vice city was actually the very first game i ever played on like an hd tv um oh yeah as weird as that sounds i was traveling i took my playstation with me because i just barely got that game and this was back in the day i mean this was mm, 1990 mm, 99 maybe maybe 2001 um and like nobody nobody i knew owned a like a widescreen hd tv because they were six thousand dollars um but i i the the place that i was going to on business had one and they were like yeah cool hook it up to our thing and it was so i just remember thinking like because i was playing on probably a 27 inch crt at that point in time and playing a game on like a 60 inch monitor in widescreen like almost made me motion sick to play on because it was just so big it was yeah it's a really so much yeah it was really it was cool um i think i would probably pick um I'd really like to see what you could do with a modern redo of either Diablo um, or Diablo 2, maybe, uh, and World of Warcraft, actually. Like, I would love yep, to see... that would be the other one. Like, a really... Like, Diablo 2 would be cool, but, you know, Diablo 3 is cool. I'm sure Diablo 4 is going to be cool. I don't know if I need Diablo 2 specifically. Like, I just remember loving that game, not necessarily, like, going, oh, my God, this story is so good. Um and so I, I don't know if I need Diablo 2 specifically. I just, I like that game a lot. Um, but like a cool, really modern World of Warcraft with modern graphics and modern use. Like, Stuff, I, I just, everything. You know, it just seems to me like, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm absolutely wrong. But when you when you play World of Warcraft and the first thing you have to do is like, okay, so here's World of War. I mean, this is what happened to you. You're like, I'm going to play World of Warcraft. And was it Man Socks? It was like, okay, here's the 10 add-ons you need <laughs> to make this right. game playable. Like, that seems short-sighted to me. <laughs> right. So I would it, love it, to see. It is interesting because it's totally like a relic of time. Like, people still play it, but there's a lot of stuff that I think doesn't have any reason to exist yeah. or could like just think it could not be improved in any possible way. is just silly. Not true. Like it, there's so much that could be done to that game to make it modern. And it would, I, it would probably just be as, be as fantastic as it was. Yeah. Initially. I want, I want a new version of star Wars galaxies too. Like, as long as we're dreaming, I'd like a new version of Star Wars Galaxies. I love that game. I want him to do Battlefront. Yeah. But re- like, the first... I want yeah. them to reimagine it again, but better this time. Yeah, I could see that. Like, it, the games are pretty now, but the magic of that first Battlefront was... Ah. Good stuff. Good stuff. That was it. Uh, Duke of Nuggets, which I... I'm having a hard time with that name. I know you like it, but this this is Eddie. <laughs> Eddie, I, I love. Is the, it a devil turd on Tondra? Is that what I'm we're not going sure. here? I'm really not the Duke of Nuggets. I love that Eddie Duke comes up with a nuggets. new name like once know. every week or two. It, it's incredibly imaginative. Like I would not have, and he's been doing it for I don't know, yeah. two or three years now. Ever. Yeah, yeah. I, I like it, but it's some of, this one's a little off putting. Um, anyway, he. <laughs> He says, as the decade comes to a close, pick five games that define this decade of gaming, which is incredibly hard. <laughs> yeah. So Red Dead 2. Yeah, absolutely. 
GTA Five. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Um, so I'm gonna. Ch- I think something like Destiny. Absolutely, something like Destiny. Um, Absolutely, I'm just gonna say Destiny. Yeah, Destiny is probably a great pick. Overwatch would be like Overwatch, Dota. Yeah, when did League of Legends? When did that actually like? When did those start? Yeah, I'm guessing is about ten years ago. I, 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 I'm, man, I don't know. I think the problem is, is like it's it's so hard to define, like. Like the Dark Souls games should probably be in there, even though I'm not a big fan of Souls likes because they really defined a lot of what this generation. League was. of Legends was 2009, uh, so so you could we say don't have Dota to worry about MOBAs. Yeah, but I guess they probably defined the the tens. I mean, yeah. that was when they really came to popularity. Yep. Was like Breath of the Wild should probably so. be in there because even though I wasn't super huge about it, like that game, it's a huge impact, huge, yeah. huge, huge impact. Um, but I mean, like you got to think about things too. Like, I mean, Skyrim came out in <laughs> 2011. So yeah, like that's a, a huge game that kind of redefined how like a lot of modern RPGs work. Um, uh, PUBG was massive, mm-hmm. but like you choose PUBG or Fortnite. Like those are both, you know, yeah. big, I think at, at this point, Fortnite is a zeitgeist bigger than video games. Right? So um, like God I of guess War, Fortnite has to be on that list, right? God of War was was hugely impactful, but it's so recent that it's hard to say like what impact that would have. Um, yeah. But like The Last of Us really defined a lot of that stuff. Um, things like like uh, Gone Home were like they essentially created you know those kind of walking sim mm-hmm. um, type games as narrative. You know, I, I don't know. There's the last 10 years of video games have been kind of amazing, to be honest. Like, we, we live very luckily in a time where there's just no shortage of great games to play. You know, like, we were kind of talking about, like, eh, I don't know if 2019 was that great of a year. But I, there's not been I, a minute this year where I'm like, I just don't have anything to play. You know? <laughs> I mean... I guess... To define it in two games, you would have you'd probably say Fortnite and Minecraft, right? Oh, I didn't even say Minecraft. <laughs> Jesus. Like as the as the two things that actually define right? what games are now. Yeah. I think that's I think those are the top two. Yeah, like because Fortnite, Minecraft, everything else is derivative below that. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's been a good ten years, man. It's been a really good ten years. So, thank you, Duke of Nuggets. Ugh. Uh. As Lion the Uncompetent, like I said, I, I think, like I said, I think I liked Optimus Prime better, but it's okay. Elevator Pitch is a VR game, Dylan. Yep, I teased it earlier. Mime Simulator. <laughs> what? Uh, what? What would you? <laughs> you would just look ridiculous. That is the game. But the the good part about Mime Simulator is that you don't actually have to put on the makeup and the funny clothes. Is that? <laughs> How do you how do you get but, points? Like, is it like it can tell where the flake okay. glass wall I should get be? It. I got and- it. It's mime simulator, but it's like Scribble Knots. Oh, so by actually doing the mimes, you can actually create things within the world by shaping them with your hands, and boom, you've manifested objects to solve puzzles. 
isn't that the most fantastic game you've ever heard now that is actually i don't know if like, it's actually mime simulator as like genie simulator well but. it's actually probably really actually like as you were saying that i'm like actually what you're describing and this is even better god if you mixed um not not miming but if you mixed um oh shoot what's that game that's it's essentially like miming but you're miming to someone and they're trying to guess the word you're you're saying um um the charades yeah charades like so if you make charades <laughs> and scribble knots like that would oh, be yeah. amazing i would play that game yeah I would play there's that. something there for there's sure definitely something there for sure yeah no that that was good Dylan. that went from something i absolutely did not want to play to something i absolutely did want to play yeah um i, I don't i i don't even know that was really good, Dylan. That was really yeah, that's good. a good one. It was really good. It, one yeah. a game we were talking about earlier. The reason this question came up is is uh, keep talking and no one explodes. And if you have not yeah. played that game, it used to be VR only, but you said it's on the Switch now. It'd be perfect on the Switch. Yeah, it works really well on the Switch because you have someone with a separate thing. Yeah, and so um, the the like the way that game works is either the person in VR or the person holding the Switch has a bomb that they can see, and. Right. The other people have like a printed out uh, set of papers. It's like it's a, it's a lot too. It's like twenty pages of questions, and they'll you know the people with the question are like, okay, what what color wires does it have? And the person who's holding the bomb will say like, it's got a red wire, a green wire, and a yellow wire. And then they'll look up that portion of the bomb. They're like, okay, does it have a battery? And they'll have to like switch, flip it over, and go like, yeah, it has a battery. Yeah. And they're like, okay, then cut the blue wire. And that'll disarm one of the traps. And every bomb yeah. has like between it's so great. What like three and six different? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's it's modules. It's, it's especially good in VR because the person inside the VR helmet, the the bomb actually it, explodes at the end. Um, yeah. The first time Dylan's wife played it, she actually shrieked when the bomb went off and it was very <laughs> funny for everybody else. Yeah. So I would love more games like that. Yeah. too. I think, I think you could do more stuff like that. Like you could do like a bank heist or a yep. spy thing where someone with documents can lead someone through an HVAC system yep. into a diamond store to take jewels. Like Absolutely. It, 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 there's so many ways. Like I love the idea of taking a physical prop that helps you, lead someone in a virtual world through their task. I think that is genius yeah. and it would be successful every time. I'm very surprised that, that keep talking and no one explodes is the only game I've played that has that kind of conceit. So I think yeah. that as more people get VR, you're going to just see more and more interesting games come out. So right. yeah, that was good. Good job, Dylan. That was a good one. Um, yeah. We're going to, we're going to call an audible here. We're going to pull turn down for what in he, Hit a uh, hit a question into us last minute on our Discord. If you'd like to join that, bitemepodcast.com slash Discord. We're fun in there. I see what you did there. Yeah, right? It was good. Good plug. Right? Good plug. Good. Uh, I mean, if it was a good plug, you wouldn't have noticed, but it's okay. I'm not, I'm not proud, Dylan. I'm uh, just very clever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn down for what says, when you sneeze and someone says, bless you, you gain the blessed status buff for the next 20 minutes. What does it do? To me, that sounds like I would get um, improved chances or rerolls to a saving throw. Um, so, in the case of getting hit by a car, I uh, might get a reroll that uh, <laughs> roll chance of survival. Roll ten <laughs> so, to see if you get hit by the car or yeah. not. 
Sometimes uh, I like to think d- that- divine intervention, like giant anvil comes down, smashes car, it's dead in tracks. You are fine. I uh, I like to think that our lives are actually just a giant. You know, every action we do is defined by someone by a d twenty. Yeah, someone rolling a <laughs> dice somewhere, and we're unaware of that. But that's the real simulation that we're living in. <laughs> it's everyone always says, "Yeah, we're in a computer situation." Nah, we're just in a really crappy game of D and D. It's like third edition. Things are really out of. Yeah. It's not great, <laughs> right? Um, I think blessed. So I think that blessed would, uh, for me, probably give you a. Uh, you become more impervious to um, small scale damage. Sneezing attacks. Yeah. No. <laughs> Based on the way people at our work sneeze, man, like sneezing once and oh someone saying gosh. bless you does not mean you will not sneeze. It does not working. It's absolutely not working. Now I think it. it uh, say, we need some better paladins or something around. It uh, it gives you a small buff uh, for the next twenty minutes that. You know, keeps away the annoying thing. So, like, you know, you're walking through a cave, you sneeze, someone blesses you. Like, the bats in that cave are just going to become an annoyance, not something that's going to, you know, take off uh, minus one damage, you know, one at a time. Eat your fruit. Yeah, yeah. They're not going to eat my fruit. So, I, that is, that, this may be one of my favorite questions someone's ever asked. <laughs> I, I like this idea a lot. I think the question is, is so if someone doesn't say bless you, so you sneeze and you do not get blessed, is that a, is that a negative status effect? You, you get hit by the car. <laughs> The anvil, the anvil drops, but yeah, it drops on you. On you, yeah. <laughs> Love I it. mean, I guess in this world, yeah, if sneezing really did release some evil spirit or something that you would need a blessing buff. Unless it's just opening a window. Like, you, you're only vulnerable to this buff if you sneeze. Like, I'm immune to the buff unless you cast it within three seconds of me sneezing when my body is in a vulnerable state that you can actually cast a buff upon me, which is kind of a weird concept. It is. It is. So, I, uh, you've seen the movie Dogma, right? I think so, but not, not anytime recently. There's a, there's a scene in Dogma where, so Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are both, um, essentially fallen angels. They've, they've, uh, <laughs> decided yeah, that right. they don't like what God's doing. And so they come to earth to try and fix some things. And by fix some things, I mean, I think they're trying to cause the end of the world, but whatever. Um, Matt Damon walks into the like boardroom of, I think movie core, uh, uh, like the, there's a, in all the Kevin Smith movies, there's a, a fast food outlet called movie that uh, is like McDonald's and walks into their boardroom. And as he walks in, he sneezes and uh, he kind of like looks around and no one says anything, but he's also holding like a giant gun. <laughs> so and he he after that, he says, you know, you guys are all idolaters and terrible. And he shoots like 10 people in the boardroom, just one after the other. And he finally turns the gun to like the secretary. And he's like, you know, you you are you're not a bad person. Like you you've done nothing wrong. You don't you don't deserve to die. All these people were terrible but you didn't say God bless you when I sneezed and he like goes to shoot her and, and Ben Affleck like, no, you can't kill her for not saying. So (laughs) there's something there, Dylan. There's something there. Yeah, it's good. Uh, Final question. Joe Coleslaw. First of all, Joe would like to say, get well dart. I think we can all echo that sentiment. Um, Besides the ability to pause, if you had an individual who is solely a multiplayer gamer, how would you sell them on the single player experience? What would be the single game you would recommend? And, uh, oh, so, you know, you haven't played a single player game in 
a couple years, you absolutely must try this game. And I think the only unfortunate problem with this question is that Dylan and I are going to say the same game. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Go ahead and say it, Dylan. Are we talking Red Dead 2? Absolutely, we're talking Red Dead 2. (laughs) I, uh... I mean, there's probably other games that are better. There's probably other games that might fit the situation better. But when I think of a game in the last couple of years that just encompass what a great single player experience is, that's that's the game right. for me. And, and it also makes me think that because Red Dead 2 is the only game that comes out and I see people come out of the woodwork that you don't even know, even have an interest in video games and like... Hey, I saw that game like and you're talking to people at work about a game and you've never even talked to them about a game before. Like that's the only game that I've noticed to do that. And not just one person like a there's a handful of people at work, a handful of my friends that don't really play video games. Like all of a sudden we're all talking about a game um, that just came out because it, it kind of transcended the the typical game release yeah. i would say that um and the other game i've had that experience with is is god of war um those same people that we're talking about um i had that experience with where you know we we talked about red dead redemption and then we didn't talk about anything for two or three months and they're like dude are you playing god of war i'm like yeah i guess um so i think that that those two games would probably be Probably be the ones that I would define it. So cool. Well, everyone, thank you so much for uh, sending in questions. We always appreciate that. You can always drop those on our Facebook page. You can uh, send, like I said, into our uh, Discord, bitemepodcast.com slash Discord. Um, you can mail them to us, I guess, if you wanted. Um, I, I'm not going to give out our address, though, so you're going to have to research that on your own. Um, or you can email us, actually, at bitemepodcast.com. At bitemepodcast.com. I'm not great at responding to that, though, so that might be your worst way. Um, next up, cheap free games. There are not a ton because we're smack dab in the middle of the month. Um, but we love them. God, anyway. I love free games. So uh, the Epic Game Store next month or next week, the free game we were talking about this earlier is The Escapists. Um, there is an Escapist. Which I'm excited about. Yeah. Because I'm going to try it. Yeah. The Escapist 2, I think, is actually on Game Pass. So you could, you could skip The Escapist and play the. Probably. Maybe I'll do that. Yeah, it might be a better idea. But the Escapists will be free in the Epic Game Store. They're good. If you haven't tried them, they've been... Like, if you don't have it by now, like, you're not trying very hard because that game gets given away all the time. But whatever. I do say I do end up playing a lot of the Epic Game Store giveaway games. You know, the f- I think I actually play those more than just about anything else. The funny thing is, is I have gotten almost all of them over the last, whatever, six months they've been doing it. And I don't think I've ever played a single one of them. I don't know if I've ever yeah. played a game. You probably have most of them already, it could though. Be. So. I've, <laughs> I have... I don't think I've ever played a game actually through the Epic Game Store except for Fortnite. <laughs> so, yeah. whatever. Uh, the other game that is coming to Game Pass, and I am super excited about this because it is yet another game that I have almost bought a couple of times and I did not buy, is Untitled Goose Game. It is coming to the Epic Game Store in just a couple of days, December 17th, which I think is uh, like next Tuesday. So, I have heard nothing but good things about Epic Game or Untitled Goose Game. And uh, I'm very excited to play it. So you can check that out on... I'm not sure it's PC and Xbox, but I... I think it's just Xbox. 
uh, on December 17th. And actually on the same day, that game is getting released on the PS4. So if you are not an Xbox gamer and you don't mind paying for it, you can get it on the PlayStation 4 too. So uh, you want to do a little bit of Troll Corner and then we'll, we'll wrap this uh, Let's do this it. podcast up. Okay, so Dylan, you've played some League of Legends before, right? I've played a lot of League of Legends before, right? Would you be willing to pay, being part of the League of Legends fan base, would you be willing to pay $865 for a black shirt with uh, some character from the League of Legends on the front of it? Um, no. What um, What if that shirt was... I don't think there... I don't know if there is a shirt that I would pay $800 for. That's a good point. Um, what if that $865 shirt was made by Louis Vuitton? No. No, I wouldn't. Okay. Um, how about a, uh, a leather biker jacket featuring League of Legends characters that is $7,250? That actually, to me, sounds less bad because it's a jacket and not a shirt. But it, even though it's significantly more significantly expensive. more, and it still is. I mean, like if you're going to buy a nice leather jacket, do you want a League of Legends character on it? No. Okay. So, but. what about um, like a a key holder bag charm? Um, you know, like I guess you'd put that maybe on your no. backpack. No. It's got some League no. of Legends character. It's only five hundred ninety-five dollars. No. Okay, so but someone's going to buy these things. I guess what we found is that the League of Legends Louis Vuitton collection is actually not for Dylan. Like that's a that's an important thing that yeah. we should know. I, I the the I guess the silver lining here is somehow a video game has reached the point where Louis Vuitton can put it on a shirt sure yeah I, I get, that means something i don't know what it means really i absolutely but, do not know what it means either but but it means something okay so i'm gonna up the ante the 865 dollars shirt it not only has the, i don't know who this character is uh her name looks like quinoa um quinoa q-i-y-a-n-a i do you know who that is i don't know who that is all right well like it must be a newer character could be um, her, she is featured on the front of the shirt and then on the back of the shirt, her back is featured. Does that, does that make it worth it? Well, that is pretty cool, but no. Still not worth $865. I'm going to go with no. You. It's a hard no. All right. I wear shirts too fast. They, t-shirts don't last. They don't last. I assume if you spent $875 on a t-shirt. I guarantee it won't last. So the, the pants that they've paired, the pants that they've paired this with are, um, just Louis Vuitton jogging pants. They cost just just under twenty one hundred dollars. I think that's probably worth it, don't you? No, no, huh? All right, maybe I'm still growing. Maybe this was just a stupid idea. Maybe maybe it was just a dumb idea. I'm out. Yeah, me too. I'm out on the the Louis Vuitton. All right, no Louis Vuitton for us. So the Louis Vuitton. Every time I see a Louis Vuitton bag, all I can think is like, is that from Las Vegas? Like it never. Louis Vuitton is never. <laughs> The first time thing I, I think. actually think I think the same thing, and I didn't even really realize it until now. <laughs> it's a weird Las Vegas branded bag. <laughs> Looks yeah. expensive. Anyway, Los Angeles is this a Los Angeles bag? Strange, super strange. All right, well that's us for this week. Uh, if you've liked this podcast, you should go to 
say iTunes or you know really wherever you listen somewhere to, yeah wherever like you wherever are, your pods are casted yeah you are right now listening to this podcast on <laughs> Dylan just dropped his microphone um, you're listening to this podcast on something that something probably allows you to leave reviews I would guess um, and reviews make me very happy so if you if you haven't left one leave one it'll make me happy um, five stars is probably the the number of stars that I would I would this is the optimal number of stars yeah, that's what I would suggest. Um, you can find out more about this podcast at bitemepodcast.com. You can follow us on the social medias at bitemepodcast. Uh, you can go to Discord, bitemepodcast.com slash Discord. You can um, – I don't know. What else can we do, Dylan? Uh, just go to Discord. Just go to Discord. It's really fun there. It, really, that's where you should go. If you finish listening to this podcast and you're like, holy crap, you know what I wish I could listen to? I wish I could listen to 12 days of Cliff talking about Christmas. Like, I have a lot of time, and I love Cliff, and I love Christmas. You could go listen to my other podcast, We're So Xmas. And, uh, and I'm going to talk about Christmas for every day between December 1st and the 20, December 25th. So that's 25 episodes of me talking about Christmas every single day. You've listened to all of them. You love them, right, Dylan? Yes. Dylan just lied. They're great. Dylan just lied. I did. Because I don't, I like Christmas a lot, but not that much. I don't know why Dylan picked up his, his microphone and is now talking into it very closely. <laughs> I've seen what it's like to hold a microphone by the table mount. It is weird. <laughs> Be a radio broadcaster. <laughs> the way he looks like I'm I can. A radio broadcaster. Dylan and I are not in the same room, but I can see him on video and he, he looks like he should be talking about this. Like I'm an old timey radio announcer. But he's not, so whatever. Anyway, follow us, like us, love us. That's really all we ask. Do it. But go to Discord. Yeah, Discord's the place to be. You have to say, bite me now, Dylan. Okay. Bite me. Thanks, I appreciate that. Bite me. I can't find out where my mouse is. There it is. (laughs) Bite me. Bite me. Bite me. Bite me.